Welcome to The Link Church. We pray this week's message inspires you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. Amen, amen. Greet everyone, all those joining online. So good to be with you. So good to be with everyone joining online. We've got Pastor Wes and Justine from Highgate in the house. An amazing church, great pastors, doing a great work. Good to see you guys. Man, so good to have you. Oh, are you ready? Are you ready? Who's glad to be in church? You glad? Are you sure? Oh, gentlemen, you made it. I see at the back there. Good to have you boys. Have you got water? You got it? You can, of course you can have some more water, mate. Of course you can have. M's going to get you more water. I met these two, I met these two lunatics out the back here. They were riding their scooter, looking dodgy, and, but they've decided to join us for church. It's your first time in church though, right? Oh, mate, good to have you. Good to have you. Thanks for joining. Are you ready for the word? I've been trying to give you some things that will help you as you head into the year, some things that you can do in your life if you want to catch up, uh, linkthechurch.org. You can see it on Spotify, Apple, Google, however it is that you stream. Uh, we have a lot coming up, by the way, just before we get going. We've got uh, four weeks of prayer. I'm going to be teaching on prayer. We are a series called Say Series, right? It's going to be awesome. We're going to go into a fast. Maybe you think, what does that mean? How does that work? I'm going to teach you that as well. We're going to do a three-day fast. Right, no water, no food, no nothing. No, I'm joking. You're going to be fine. I'm going to teach you on that. But we're going to have that's going to be awesome. We've got coming up. Uh, we've got um, we've got we've got Pastor Heinrich. He's going to be preaching for. He's got three weeks. He's going to be preaching. Just invite everyone. You're just going to learn so much there. That's going to be awesome. Amen. So just invite everyone. It's going to be a great time. Yes. Amen. Ooh, get ready. Get ready. Turn to your neighbor and just say, finish strong in 2023. What are we now? 2023, 2013. Tell your neighbor, I'm going tell to your, tell your other favorite neighbor, I'm finishing strong in 23. Come on. You're going to have to help me preach this this evening. Here's one thing I've realized along the way is that we have a lot in common. We have so much in common, right? And then in the same breath, we couldn't be more different if we tried, right? If you're married, you know this to be true. Uh, there are a lot of things that make sense, a lot of things that you are the same or similar in, right? You both hate broccoli, but then you're very different. Like he believes that leaving his shoes on the ground are okay, and you just don't quite see it that way. Come on, somebody. Am I right? So there's, there's a lot of things that, that, that line us up, that make us the same. There are other things in our life that keep us a little bit different. That's good. Different is good. We don't want anyone to be like everyone in the room, right? We don't need more of Kurt. That's not what we need, right? We don't need that. We don't need that. We want more of Andrew, but we don't need more of Kurt. Come on, somebody, right? Um, but what we do have is a common goal and purpose, and there is something that, that unites us in that. When, we, when the people of God come together and we decide we are going to make a difference in a certain area, it's amazing how we can put some of those differences aside and we can come together and we can do great things. Amen? And so I want to uh, turn your attention um, to what God wants for your life. He wants to do something with your life. And, and more and more, I'm, I'm starting to find people, they say things like, I'm trying to work out what I'm called to. And, and as for as long as they don't know the answer to that question, it feels like they're treading water. 
if we don't know where we're going, we go nowhere. And so they, I don't know what God's called me to do, so I do nothing. And, and I stay still and I start to stagnate. That, that makes me real nervous, makes me seriously nervous. You should not be the kind of person who never advances in life. I want you to have answers to this. The Bible has these answers, right? And um, I want to share some of them with you. I, I think that 23 is going to be a great year. I really do. I think it's going, to be an, it's going to be an amazing year. And it's going to be a year where people find not only what God's called them to do, but they're going to find some comfort in the fact that they're actually much better at, the, at what they're supposed to do than what they think. How many of you know that you're called by God? We've made this calling, this big thing, right? We've made it this pastor thing. Like the pastor, he's called. The rest of us, we're just trying to figure out life. And so we do nothing. I want you to view the calling of God a bit like this, like an invitation. I want you to see it as an invitation. God is going to do something incredible in this world. He's going to do something incredible in people's lives, and He's inviting you to play a part in this. You have an opportunity to, to be part of the plan of God in this city. And when you see it that way, you won't see it as something scary or something like, people go, what are you called to? And I hear this all the time, people go, not preach. Right? Then you're not called to preach. But what are you called to? Now, I'm, 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 I want to find out. I want to, I'm going to press into the Lord this year and find out. Now, don't press into the Lord to find out. Read your Bible. Amen? And so the Apostle Paul, he's that lunatic Saul. You remember the guy Saul? He was the guy who was, I love it. The Bible says that he was walking around breathing murderous threats. I don't know how you do that, but that's pure anger. When you're just like, every breath that comes out of you comes with a threat. I hate them. That's like, wow. He was solid. And then he's, he's riding his donkey. Uh, he's, on, he's called an Uber and he's on his way. And then Jesus pops out and fly kicks him off his donkey, right? And screams at him, Saul! You remember that? Are you with me? That guy. The guy who goes on to be like the worst of the worst and then goes on to write like two-thirds of what we would call the New Testament. Many of these letters to the churches, giving them instructions, showing them what to do. He's an apostle, so he's awesome because what he does is he goes around and he sets in order. He starts to put in place things that are going to help the church. It's going to give them a strength and a framework. He instructs them. He says, this is what we're going to do, and this is how you're going to do it. And that framework is what gives these churches the ability to reach their world and to do what God's called them to do. So where you see the pastors of these churches turn up, and you're like, man, these guys are awesome. Yeah, because they, they, took, they started to listen to what the apostles were saying, and they started to do what they were called to do. And the pastors are amazing because they care about people, and they love people, and they tolerate things, and they're there for them, and they deal with small groups, like all the e-groups or the engagement groups, the place where people can kind of connect. They, they are involved in that, and they help people. And Timothy is this young guy who the Apostle Paul is writing to. Timothy is this young guy, and he's a pastor. He's a pastor. Now, I want you, this is important, because we think that only certain people in the, in the body of Christ are called, but that's not true. The Apostle Paul is doing something, and he's got something, and he's got a way of doing it. And then he passes on what he's got. He says to him, Timothy, this is what I want you to do, and this is how I want you to live, and this is how I want you to teach the church. And then Timothy goes, oh my gosh, that's awesome. And then Timothy turns around, and he teaches the congregation. And the congregation then turn around and go and actually apply what they're learning, and they go and win their world to Jesus. Amen? Are you with me? 
So Timothy's this pastor. He's uh, speaking to his congregation. His congregation are a bit like you, various professions. They do all sorts of different things. Some of them make tents. Some of them do nothing. So very much like us, right? Some of us do something. Some of us do nothing. Come on, right? And so I want to read this to you. Paul says this, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Jesus Christ, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom, his kingdom. He's coming back. Everyone's like, Jesus is dead. He's coming back. And when he comes back, there's going to be judgment. There's going to be judgment. And he's coming to set up his kingdom, not your kingdom, his plan, not yours. A lot of us are trying to set up our kingdom. No, no, he wants to set up his kingdom, right? On earth as it is in heaven. Have you noticed how your plan doesn't exist in heaven? Yeah, it's not going to exist when he comes back either. Come on, you with me? His kingdom. Can I get a good amen? He says, Timothy, I want verse two. He says, Timothy, preach the word of God. Be prepared whether, whether the time is favorable or not. If it's convenient or not, whether it suits you or it doesn't, whether it makes sense to the people or not, you preach the word. You preach the word. Patiently correct. I don't know that I do that well. I don't think I do that well. I'm patient, but I don't know about the correct. Rebuke. That one I nail. Encourage. Yeah. I am encouraging. Come on. Your people with good teaching, right? With good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires. They will look for teachers who will tell them what their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. That's where you're like, come on, man. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. This is the ministry. He's talking to Timothy. He's like, you need to fully carry, not to almost, not part, fully. That fully was there for a reason. Because for many of us, we almost fully do something. Yes? Like we almost fully commit to God. And to the church, almost like we were like almost like 74%. And he's like, mm -mm, all in, mate, all in. Yes, I'm going to explain your ministry in a moment. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. So the, the Apostle Paul is, is dying, but all of us are dying, right? But the Apostle Paul is like, this is like the end of his life. And he's, he's giving this instruction. But probably one of the most incredible statements that he makes. And one that I hope one day when you get to the end of your life, I hope that this is something you can say. Verse 7. I have fought the good fight. Of, uh, the good fight. I finished the race. And I've remained faithful. I hope that you can say that one day. We're going to talk a little bit about it. Paul is giving Timothy instruction. If you're online, he's giving Timothy instruction. Timothy, this is how you need to conduct yourself. He says, establish his kingdom. Be prepared, encouraged with good teaching. 
Get your congregation on track. That's what I'm here to do, to point you in a direction, to keep you in that direction. Sometimes you feel like your ear warms up. That was when you started drifting, right? I can only whack to a certain point. So if you get that, that's because you got there. Come on, right? And so he wants him to do that. He says there's coming a time where people are not going to listen to good teaching. They're going to listen to what they agree with, to what is palatable, to stuff that makes sense to them. They don't want to hear the tough stuff. There is coming a day when people will come to church and because it doesn't suit them, they're going to walk out the door. I don't like the way he said that. They're going to walk out the door. That's not the gospel I know. That's not the God I serve. No, that's idolatry. When you make up a God that suits you, that means you are making an image of God that does not exist. That's idolatry. I hear it all the time. I'll never serve God. How can a good God send people to hell? He didn't come to send you to hell. He came to save you from hell. I think it was Spurgeon who said, who said the gates of hell are locked from the inside. We, we, we start to, well, I won't serve a God like that. No, you are cha- you're, trying to, you're trying to create a God that you can manage. That's idolatry. He says you've got to be careful. People are going to want seeker-sensitive, non-confrontational. They're going to reject the truth and chase myths. And I think to myself, man, forget all of what Timothy had to do. It was like Timothy's the pastor at the Link Church in 2023. If anything ever was more real, it's right here, right now. I think to myself, he has no idea what he said when he spoke those words. He has no idea how true this would be. This is a picture of the world we live in. And the thing is, I believe there's a growing frustration in the church. And I think the frustration is there is a, 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 a separation starting to happen. And there are the people of God who are starting to get hungry for God. I'm seeing that when I speak to people, they're hungry. They want to know more. They want to learn more. They want to get closer to Him. They want to pray more. They, they're tired of the world. They're tired of the junk. They're tired of this nonsense. They're tired of the narrative. They're tired of being told what to do. They're tired of, they, they get a sense of we know what the world is pushing in the direction they're going, and I want no part of that. And they're starting to stand up and be counted for. There is a, the construct of society is starting to break down. I'm telling you, we're going to see some young people uh, like Daniel. You're going to see, they're going, to, they're going to wake up and realize that this world is nonsense. That what the media is pushing and what, what I don't even know, the rest of the alphabet, anything that doesn't spell Christian seems to be in there, right? But whatever they're pushing, you can now, what was it I heard now? Now you get maps. They've now added maps to it. Minor attracted person. I'm committing my life to build the kids' church, and now we've got people who go, well, I'm allowed to be attracted to young people. If that's you, come share that with me. I'm going to show you how quick I can turn Christian off. Boop, and you'll meet Jesus right there in that moment. Right there. Right there. Andrew, it's just this, and then you breathe. Boom, and you're standing before the Lord. I don't even think you'll feel it too much. It won't hurt all that much. But you're gonna, the lights will go off and then the lights will come on. And you're going to realize that you're not talking to Andrew anymore. You're talking to Jesus. And I am prepared to square up with Jesus and say sorry. I want you to know I'm good at doing that. I'm happy to go there and say, Lord, I apologize. 
I apologize. Where is he? <laughs> I just want to see his nose. Is it still? Because when I left him, it was messed up. The direction of the world is crazy. Come on, you know that. So how, how, do, how, does, the, how does change happen? Is it too late? And can we really make a difference? These are questions that we kind of need to answer now. And what Paul says to Timothy was exactly what we needed to hear in 2023. But the problem is this. Hearing is not going to change a thing. It doesn't matter what I say today. It won't change a thing. But what you do about it might. You can hear me, and it can go in one ear and out the, out the other side, right? Or you're going to say, actually, hang on. I'm going to make an adjustment with my life. I'm going to start to pursue the plan of God. First and foremost, uh, you've got to answer this question for yourself. Do you want the same confession that Paul had at the end? Verse 6, he said, as for me, as for me, I can't speak about you. I don't know what you've done, but what I've done is my life, my life, not almost all my life, not a percentage, not only a Sunday, my entire life has been poured out as an offering to God. Take everything. I know where I've come from. I'm not going back there. Have everything. Everything. That to me is surrender. When you give everything, when it doesn't, when it doesn't, you don't do things because it suits you, where you just say, God, I will do whatever it takes to, to further your kingdom, to get the good news to people, to reach the people around me. I will do whatever it takes. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race and I've remained faithful. Is that what you want your confession to be at the end? If yes, is your life being poured out as an offering to God? And I want to say this before you answer it. You can keep your answer to yourself for now. But here's the, here's the thing. It's, it either is being poured out or it is not. It's a simple yes or a no. It's not like yes or kind of, but obviously from Tuesday, things will change. It's yes, I've just got to get this couple of things sorted and then bam. Uh, let, me, let me go with a solid yes, and then I'm going to get back to you with the days and times that I'm available. Uh, let's pencil that in with a yes. Uh, I just got a couple of phone calls to make, and then we're just fine. And then uh, how about we catch up and talk about it later? No, no, it's a yes or a no. Either your life is poured out as an offering to God, or it's not. And that is difficult to deal with. Are you available? Can God use you? Are you involved? I said to somebody this week, uninvolved people do not grow. They do not grow. You will get to a point, but you can only go so far. Why? The Bible tells me clearly, iron sharpens iron. You think, yeah, but I don't want to join a team because those people are annoying. It never said that there won't be sparks. There will be sparks. You serve on team with some people in here, there's going to be sparks. You serve on team with me, you'll be sharpened. And annoyed, though, like you, because I am an annoying teammate. I am annoying. I don't need any yip from you up front here. Not with that. <laughs> there was many times to say amen, not there. Are you making a difference? Outside of here as well. Come on. We want to be people that don't just come to church. Hallelujah. I love God. You're making a difference. That's right. Come on. I've fought the good fight. We're in a war. 
The quicker Christians wake up and realize that there is a war and that war is for the souls of men and women, the minute they realize that they're going to stop. But most, pe- most Christians are wearing like bodies and thongs. They're on holiday. We're in a war. If we were in a war and you turned up in thongs and a vest and your bodies and your, your paddleboard under your arm, I'm ready to fight. You're ready to, you're, What? I don't even know if I want you on team. You're scaring me. You're in a war. It's like growing up in a house with brothers. You are in a war. Come on, somebody. You know the deal, right? You're the eldest though, right? Automatic winner. You just win. It's automatic. I know this to be true. I'm the eldest. It's a fact. Are you on vacation or, or what? Because, because on the other side of you like realizing that you're in a war might actually be somebody who comes to know Christ. When you get a gap, though. Amen? Nonchalant, you're casual, relaxed, you're indifferent, she'll be right, mate. All of that, that whole attitude that we carry with us. Mm -mm. I love you all, though. I've got some much better ones in here. We're going to get to them. Uh, Join next week, actually, I think, is on that sermon notes. Some encouraging stuff. Remember how we all agreed? You remember that? That was just like a few minutes ago. Now I just see middle fingers. I finished the race. And most, here's the truth. Most Christians can't even race to church to get to prayer on time. It's a race. Like you're in a race. Like imagine they, you're at school, they shoot the gun, bah! And you're like, hmm. I was gonna kind of see how that sits. I'm just, I'm just, that was triggering. Like, come on, I'm trying my best yet, work with me. Where, where is that go, 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 go? Some of you have done church for so long. Maybe you got hurt somehow or, or something. You've been doing church for so long that you don't get involved and you're so good at justifying it. Oh, easy, Pastor Hans, go slow. Okay, here's a tip. I even wrote, here's a tip. If you're online, love me from online. Any half-decent athlete will tell you this. Any, any half-decent athlete. I'm one of those. I'm just like a half-decent. I'm not quite the athlete part, the rest of it, though I'm working on that. They will tell you that, that nutrition is everything. What you put in is what you're going to be able to get out. Right? What you put in is what you're going to get out. You are consuming so much junk that when junk comes out, you don't even know why. Everything matters except the work of God. You race home because you want to see what's going to happen on the next series or the next episode on Netflix. You're in a bigger rush to find out what happens there than to find somebody and help them and care for them. And their life is imploding. But at least you know what happened on Happy Housewives or whatever they're watching. What are you watching? What was that stupid thing you're watching? Are you watching that... Ask Beck. Beck's watching Wednesday. No, I don't know. I don't know what she's watching. How would I know? I don't. I've turned the tracking thing off for Beck. 
I don't know what she does. <laughs> Have you lost your passion or what? You remember those days like you came to church and you were actually like pumped. Man, I can't wait for church. Now you're like, oh my gosh, it's hot. <laughs> hey, did I say that? That was because I was going to stay home. Why did he make it so hot today? Uh, he was hoping he wouldn't wear a hoodie. <laughs> but he dropped the ball in that one. That's why. He, was, he wanted you in boardies, like the rest of them. <laughs> Have you lost your passion or what? You know, it's a marathon, right? You're supposed to, like, let's go. Everyone thinks, like, you should run at a million miles an hour. No one's saying that. But, but not running at all is not going to get you to the end of your race. God's called you for something specific. You need to find that lane and go. Find that place. And you're so worried about what are, what are, they, do, like, what are they doing? What is, what is she up to? What's, she's not moving. No one asked you what she was doing. No one asked you what he was doing. He's like, let's go. Run your race. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. There's a finish line. There is a finish line. When you start functioning in your ministry, everything changes. Passion will flood your life. I, I, I got asked recently, somebody said, Pastor Anz, how do you, how do, you do what you do? Uh, like you do like 11-hour days and then you get home and then you do all the stuff for the church. Like how do you cope? How do you get through this? How do you do it? I love it. I love what I do. I could think of nothing I would rather do then help people and care for people and build things. And, and you know, I, I love it. I, it I'm when you love something, you're going to make an effort. If I said, man, you know what would be awesome? When we leave here this evening, like you guys get to go home and you get to wash the dishes and do some laundry. Everyone will be like, oh, really? Because nobody wants to do that. But if I said, forget the laundry, forget all of that. Let's go and have a pizza and some ice cream. And now suddenly you're like, heck yes, let's go. Now you've got some energy. Why? Because you're passionate about something. <laughs> Amen? And he's at the back. She's like, booyah, I want some ice cream, baby. Come on, hook a brother up. Yeah. <laughs> what are you supposed to be doing? What's the call of my life? Second Corinthians verse 17. I'm going to push you. Here we go. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. A new person. You know how like you keep bringing your old junk with you? Yeah, you can leave it behind. The old life is gone. And a new life has begun. When you come to Jesus, you draw a line in the sand. The old is behind you. You get into that race and you begin to go. You think, but you don't understand the trauma and the hurt and the pain. And I don't understand. Just run. Just start, start, start. Along the way, you're going to get fitter. You're going to get stronger. You're going to start to understand a little bit more. You're going to find out that in your lane are people who are just like you. And you're going to go faster and you are going to go further. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task. Here's the task that you have. Here's the thing that you have of reconciling people to him. What am I supposed to do with my life? Reconcile people back to God.
I can't save somebody. Good. Good. I'm glad, we've, I'm glad we're there. You will never save anyone. When they reject you, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting him. Remember, you died. Reconcile people to God. That's why he came, because he wanted a relationship with people. And we think that people are too far gone. They've sinned too much. Where's your faith in a God who lived just like you and I perfectly? I couldn't even do like an hour. He did life perfect. And he paid the price so that we could have a relationship with the Father. And that is amazing news. That means that everybody has an opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus. They have that opportunity. All we have to do is introduce them. You don't have to have all the answers. Who's asking you to have all the answers? For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sin against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. That's what he gave us. So we are Christ's ambassadors. You are Christ's ambassador. You think, you know, when you walk out of here, can I just say this? Like how you drive, how you speak, how you behave is because you are an ambassador. If you were sitting in a room full of ambassadors and there was a dude, he had the Australian t-shirt on or whatever it was, and he was like ready. He's an ambassador for Australia. You say, mate, you're from, you're from Australia. because man, sucks. <laughs> Australia, no, not good, mate. You'd be going, pick the right guy for the job or what? I'd expect you to be passionate. Somebody says, man, the U.S. is awesome. You see the Australian guy go, amen, yeah, 100%. Australia sucks, bro. You should stay in the U.S. Like, you're the worst guy for the job. How did they employ you? Why did they employ you? And when are they going to get rid of you? You're ambassadors. God is making his appeal. Listen to this. He's making his appeal through us. We speak of Christ when we plead, come back to God. Where is that heart inside you, that something that makes you feel sick, that people are going to die and not know Jesus? I'm scared I don't have the answers. You don't have to have answers. He's saying, you need to tell people, man, you need to get back to God. You need to come back to God. And if they've got questions, they've got questions, but you need to come back to God. Where is that something on the inside of you that bothers? Does it not bother you that people are, people are going to hell while we're in our bodies? For God made Christ who never sinned to be an offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. We've been given the ministry of reconciliation. What's my ministry? That's my ministry. If you find what it is that you're supposed to be doing with your life and you love it, reach people in that area. I, 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 I design kitchens. I love what I do. I get to meet tons of people every day. I get to share with them and encourage them and build into their life. I love what I do. I love it. And I get to make a difference for God. And maybe you don't see everybody walk through these doors. But I'm making a difference everywhere I go. 
And many of you are doing the same thing where you work, you've got something you do, you love what you do, but some of you, you hate what you're doing and you're not reaching people. Hey, can I encourage you? Get another job. Find another place. Go another direction. Everyone's like, I'm, I'm praying for the right job. No, start praying for some people. It doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing, God can use you. But if, if that job is sucking the life out of you to the point where you don't care about people, you're not going to reach out to them, you're not going to do anything constructive, you're not sharing the gospel, you're never going to get them to Christ, find another job. Do anything, anything. Amen? Ask Kurt. Get a, get a job with Kurt. Get a job with Kurt. All you have to do is have like a, a PhD or something, it's, it's, it's simple, it's whatever, whatever he did, whatever he did. But it sounds simple. Like all of us have got 10 fingers. Simple seven years. Exactly right. What's seven years? A godly number, seven years. But it's a very long time. It's a very long time to count to 10. He's obviously obviously not very good at what he's doing, but it's fine. He's just slow. (laughs) That's all it is. Could be done in six months, but he's just slow. Paul didn't tell Timothy to sit back and watch others. Let's go, Timothy. That's what I feel like God's saying to you. Let's go. Let's go. There's somebody at your work who needs Jesus. Somebody in your friendship circle needs Jesus. Maybe there's a parent who needs Jesus. Maybe there's a friend. Maybe you're at school. Wherever it is, somebody needs Jesus. And and we need to begin to run as the people of God. Amen? And then the last one, and then we'll close quickly. He said, I've remained faithful by far, by hands down the hardest part. Saying yes to Jesus easy, then remaining faithful, that has got to be the most difficult thing. And that's the part that trips us up because we, we, we mess up and then we think that we, we've disqualified ourselves. But it said that Jesus was perfect, not that we had to be. You're going to mess up. You probably did today. You probably did. You're probably going to do it on the way home. You're like, man, I remember that whole like nutrition thing, like bring on Macca's, I'm going on Macca's and chips, come on. <laughs> Annie's going home for ice cream. Well, Lord knows she's not putting good stuff in her. She's like, she, but she's like, yes, I just say, yeah, amen. <laughs> like being a Christian is not easy. Doing the work of God is not easy. No one ever said it was going to be easy. Fulfilling, oh yes, that moment you see somebody give their life to the Lord, when you hear about your friend and they're no longer addicted, that is special. When you find out about that relationship and it's been restored, epic. All of those things make it all worth it. Not easy, but we have to be faithful. We have to stick it out and we have to go down that race. We have to stay in our lane and we have to go, 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 go. And at the end, we can say, maybe I didn't do what I thought I was going to do. Maybe I didn't get to the, the location that I hoped I'd get to, but I've been faithful. I started this race with Jesus and I'm finishing this race with Jesus. I started doing something for God and I finished doing something for God. The days of the church starting and stopping, then I'm in, then I'm out, then I'm going through a tough time, then I'm just struggling with, forget that. Just go for God and you don't stop going until you breathe out your last. Amen? How do we do that? We stand together. We stand together. There's a lot of people who talk rubbish in church. Uh, Well, have you seen Jimmy? Man, shut up, leave Jimmy alone. Forget about what people don't do right. How about starting to encourage them in the area where they are doing better? How about start to speak life into people? 
How about we start to look at each other and say, man, you look like you're struggling with something that I feel like I've overcome. Can I show you a piece of scripture that helped me tremendously? But no, we're like, oh, well, we all know where that leads. You know, like, what is that? There's a lot of, I know, you guys are watching. You pastors are watching. There's pastors out there. You've got a lot to say. You've got a lot to say. For people who are doing nothing. Like, why are you talking? Why are you talking negatively about the body of Christ? We're supposed to stand together, celebrate each other. We're supposed to get excited when we come together. Man, we've got, a, we've got, a, the, we've got the pastors of, of another church here. You know how cool that is? That we can be that far apart, but we can stand with each other and celebrate each other and, and do work with each other and reach the city together. That is what the Christian walk is. They don't have to be in the same church as you. They don't have to be, have the same vision as you. Maybe they want to feed the poor. Maybe you don't like the poor at all. Whatever the thing is, you have to stand with each other. We have to come together and realize that we are here ultimately to spread the good news. And that is that Jesus died for people and you don't have to go to hell because he's paid the price for the sin that you committed. Where is that passion we need it back in Jesus' name? Amen? Second Corinthians 6, I'm going to close with this. Kurt, you can join me if you want. As God's partners, as God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift. Can I tell you that salvation is a gift? Nothing you do is going to earn it. We beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. Don't receive the gift of salvation and then ignore it. For God says at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. The right time is now. Would you bow your heads for a moment? Thanks for being with us. We hope this message leaves you stirred to a place of action. If you made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, need more resources or want to take your next step, linkthechurch.org has everything you need. Until next time, from everyone at The Link Church, God bless.